0: Pocket, pocket, pocket. We deserve this man Welcome, welcome, welcome to your reason for tuning in at the end of yet another lost season. It's the purple and black pill. Hello, friends. My name's Ty Foster. I have been feeling uh, that familiar sense of emptiness at the end of. A uh, regular season for, oh, a long time now, since the early 1990s with a very small six-year gap at the turn of the century. Joining me, a guy who can claim the same, my best friend since age five, Duncan Smith.
1: Hello, Duncan. I feel pride. I feel like, you know, we survived. We should get t-shirts that say, we survived.
0: I mean, this is, uh, yet again, sort of one of the main theses of this podcast is that there is a purpose in this. Totally meaningless, useless activity that we all like devote so much of our lives to, which is that which doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Stronger! I say that with you know the utmost conviction because I'm absolutely convinced that there is a point to all of this. Clearly, yeah, blind faith. (laughs) Yeah, look, we're Americans; we fit right in in that sense. (laughs) Uh, So our boys have come to the end of an of another season almost we got three games left thursday memphis friday also at memphis sunday versus utah we lost to the spurs and won versus okc over the weekend we are seeing some impressively senioritis rosters on display down the stretch particularly oklahoma city (laughs) before we get started i wanted to uh play a quick game with you a little trivia game where we go down through oklahoma city's roster. And you let me know if you can guess the first name of any of their players. Ready? We'll do it quick. Ready? Ugh. Come on. Here you go. Okay. You can do it. Come on, Doug. Here we go. Trivia time. Okay. And
1: D. Baisley. Darius. Very good. A. Pokashevsky. Oh, that's like Alex plus consonants. That's like Eastern European Alex. Alexandrev. Incorrect. Alexej. That counts. Judges. Ding, ding, ding.
0: Yeah, okay, okay, fine. He appealed to the judges, and the judges have uh, have rescinded my uh, harshness. I. Roby. Isaiah.
1: Very good. M. Brown. Oh, man. Uh, I'm going to say Marquise. Mm. Incorrect. Moses.
0: Oh. T. Maladon. Theo. Hey, alright. Impressive. I did not know that one. Maladon sounds like a Lord of the Rings creature. G Deck. G Deck. D-E-C-K
1: G Deck. Um, I'm gonna say Garrett. Mm.
0: Incorrect. It is Gabriel Deck. Mm. C. Brown Jr. Uh Corey. Mm. Incorrect. Duncan, this man's name is Charlie Brown Jr. Hell yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. I I knew deep down that there was a Charlie Brown Jr. in the league. I I should have thought of that. Oh, man.
0: Yeah, that just delighted me to no end. Okay. Jay Horde. Again, the Lord of the Rings. (laughs) The, (laughs) The teeming horde. Uh, this one's H O A R D, so it's more like Smaug hoarding rather than orc hordes, but got it, same got it. Uh What was it, Jay? Jay. Um, Julius.
1: Mm.
0: Incorrect. Jalen. We're getting we're getting down to the home stretch here. Jay Hall.
1: Um, Jason.
0: Mm. Incorrect. Josh. And finally. There's two other players, but they didn't play, so I'm not going to subject you to that. Finally, S. Mikaluk. Svi! Yeah, got it. I think we actually both kind of pronounced those correctly, too, which is, you know, pretty impressive, I gotta say. So that's four out of... Uh, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Not bad. Forty percent for a team that has. I mean, were any of these guys in the NBA like two years ago? I don't think so.
1: And will any of them be in the NBA in two years? No. Well, Poku is going to be averaging
0: fifty in two years. So bite your tongue.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in Lithuania. <laughs> No, actually I I like him. He's he's fun. He's just interesting to watch move around.
0: He's so thin, but he's he's going to be interesting for sure. And I mean this team is that's that's how you do it, right? Like that is the platonic ideal of tanking. That's what Kings fans want. The roster that the Kings trotted out there to just smash them on Mother's Day. It's it's pretty hilarious. It really goes to show how much Charlie Brown is going to give you. Yeah. Good grief. <laughs> So, you know, we're not mathematically eliminated. We're three games out of the 10 seed, but we had there's three games left and it's i I it's not looking uh particularly likely.
1: Yeah, losing that Spurs game was really the the last opportunity, not that we expected anything different, not that we expected, you know, Pop coaching for the playoffs in his last year to lose to justin James, kyle guy and the and the rest but that was the opportunity
0: this may be my last opportunity to do so so i do want to comment on the fact that pop as we all know gives fewer fucks than anybody on earth and uh his hairstyle displays that and i have a lot of respect for the fact that he's in
1: full quarantine mode still yeah I mean representation matters. He's obviously doing it for all of us who are at home in sweatpants and a wetsuit shirt top or something. you know, like just <laughs> just doing whatever, looking like weird bums,
0: heating up bagel bites in the oven, et cetera. So, you know, uh, that kind of is what it is. I also realized as I was watching the end of that Spurs game on whenever that was Friday night, that this was the end of the season. And (laughs) I I was like, yeah, that's uh," it did not feel any different than any other loss this year other than the ones that actually pissed me off. I was just like, yeah, okay, you know, they are playing without like four of their best players. They actually like gave some decent effort in that game. You know, I was not mad at all.
1: Yeah, it was it was a fun watch. For sure, that was one
0: of the more fun games that I've watched in a couple weeks, actually. So I like a lot of these young guys. To be honest, I really like Matu. I obviously I love Halliburton, but he's out. But I, I think that there's something there with Damian Jones. You know, I, I think that we have we have a couple things to build on that look like genuine rotation
1: pieces to me going forward. So yeah, there's some stuff to cling on to here at the end of the season. Yeah, I agree. I, Damian Jones is uh, obviously he has some lapses and stuff, but he's got the right body to be the end of bench, just super long boy defensive specialist. He can give you at least what Hassan Whiteside can give you in terms of just being a big body and a little bit more in terms of actually giving effort when he's on the court. And beyond that, he's a good flyer too, because
0: with that athleticism, if you're if the, the vaunted player development of the Sacramento Kings comes through <laughs> it all, you know, that that you never know what might happen with a guy with that much talent.
1: And they do. I mean, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not an expert on this or anything, but they do always say that bigs take longer to develop. And so, you know, if you're the team that gets to benefit from this guy sort of finally figuring it out and having his JaVale McGee moment when he's 26 rather than when he's 20, then great. Totally, yeah. I think I do think that there's a tendency to discount that possibility with guys like that.
0: That thing kind of happens more often than you would think in the NBA, which makes sense because not every single person is ready to be the person they're going to be in their professional life at 21 years old. Moving on, one very delightful uh, little side story from uh, the Mother's Day game on Sunday. Vlade sat courtside. Hey guys, how are you? With Vivek and Monty McNair, and got a nice ovation. And it appears that everyone was listening to our Megapod with Casey where we did our best to exonerate Vladi (laughs) as a as a king's figure broadly not as an executive but as a guy that it was my goal basically with that episode to be like hey just so you know
1: we were allowed to like this guy still and it appears
0: that everybody's like yeah okay that's fine none of that matters anymore.
1: Yeah I didn't really have any goal going into it but I agree that I think we have to look at it as he can't hurt you anymore, Kings fans. Yeah, yes, exactly, exactly. His reign of terror is over, so just let him be the silly meme uncle that he is, naturally. And, like, the nice guy that is that is humble enough to
0: come show his face, like, shortly after getting fired. I feel like a lot of people in that position would be like, oh, no, it hurts my feelings, but he just genuinely doesn't care, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. The only other piece of... Kings news that came to my attention this weekend that I found interesting, there was a, a quick little interview from SI's Howard Beck, sort interview lit, kind of a little mini profile on De'Aaron Fox, and a big piece of news that came out of that was that he's obviously been out for a couple of weeks in the uh, health and safety protocol, as they term it in the league this year, and turns out he had COVID, and he had it real bad, his partner did, his domestic partner did as well. Fiance, I think. Fiance, yeah, that's right. And... The, the thing that struck me reading through this piece is I was like, huh, I don't see any oppositional reporting or questions about vaccine or his thoughts on how he might have gotten this or his feelings about it it was just kind of glossed over like yeah we you know oh it was tough we got really sick but we played plenty of ping pong and I was like uh oh, boy there's a there's a lot more uh interesting of a story in there in my opinion
1: yeah we had the uh lol tweet earlier in the season that was uh I think it was in response to a tweet saying that the NBA basically was was planning for how to position the players to ensure that as many of them as possible would get vaccinated and His response was a cryptic LOL, which is good Twittering. He knows how to make it cryptic enough that he can't be held accountable for it. You know, smart. He loves those cryptic tweets, yeah. But obviously, that caused a lot of speculation about what he meant and a lot of blowback. And now we're seeing the criticism, probably rightfully so. You know, I think we all can agree that it's an individual's choice Nobody can, you know, hold, strap you down and force it into your arm like it's clockwork orange or something. But when you choose not to do something like get the vaccine and it's available to you and you make $30 million a year and you're the leader of your team and everybody's depending on you.
0: And your lungs are
1: worth like fucking $150 million for the rest of your life. Right. And your brain and the potential brain fog and yada, yada, yada. It just shows that it probably wasn't very wise for him to intentionally not get the vaccine.
0: Yep, uh, to put it lightly. And again, you know, like, that's not to condemn him or something. He's 23 years old. It's okay if he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. But it would be nice... For for there to be just some kind of like, I, I hesitate to even use the word accountability. Because again, I, I don't think that this is like a moral thing. I think it's just like, I'm very interested in knowing from a guy who's pretty intelligent and appears to be relatively, you know, introspective. Do you know that that's dumb? Do you know why that happened to you? <laughs> you know, like, do, do you feel that you were victimized in some way? Or like, what happened here? You know?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not going to claim to know as much as whatever publicist helped him get that article published without having any mention of the word vaccine in it. <laughs> but I will say that the fact that it isn't addressed and that he didn't say, actually, this was a mistake on my part. And he, he didn't come forward and proactively say, I screwed up this, this choice, tells me that he probably doesn't know that it was a big problem and that it was a big mistake you know he probably views it as something that nobody else gets to question and you know you should give me a little bit of sympathy for how badly this hit me and my fiance and move on and that's that's disappointing to me at least you're right he's young he gets to make mistakes I was much dumber when I was 23 or whatever age he is but It's still a problem just on the basis of the fact that we're building an entire franchise around him. You know, that poor decision making seems to be indicative of a broader set of potential issues, you know, in theory.
0: Interesting. I mean, yeah, I I think that that's a very fair analysis. I was also uh, very dumb at that age and continue to be very dumb. But at that age, I also like had my measles vaccine, you know, (laughs) right. (laughs) Yeah, uh, Fox is an interesting case going into this offseason. The other kind of newsworthy thing from this piece is that he advocated pretty overtly for keeping Luke Walton. He mainly kind of framed it in the context of continuity, which is somewhat understandable. But let me just read you a quote here real quick. If you're not winning as a team, guys get traded, guys who are barely hanging on get cut and are out of the league and coaches get fired. He noted that the best teams are the ones where, quote, players play together longer and develop chemistry. Coaches continue to grow and trust all their players. Everybody wants to continue to grow and keep this group together and continue to play for a coach that you trust in. So that's also not, (laughs) from my perspective, not what Kings fans wanted to hear. Out of Fox in this interview. We had heard rumblings, you know, kind of unattributed behind-the-scenes stuff that, that Fox was a fan of Walton. This is a more, you know, putting, putting his name to it, heading into the offseason. When we've already kind of heard uh, positioning from the franchise that it sounds like they would rather not eat that $11 million that Walton has coming after losing $100 million this past year. Seems like we're sticking with this guy. Bummer.
1: This is a bummer, man. That's, uh, that's a bummer. Yeah, yeah. It's it's certainly not what I wanted to hear from this article. Just selfishly, I'm not going to claim to know more about Luke Walton's potential as a coach in the league long term or his potential to improve in his role than De'Aaron Fox. So yeah, De'Aaron Fox knows more about, about Luke Walton, the coach, than I do as a podcaster. And I agree generally with the concept that continuity is important. I think that that was the case for retaining Dave Yeager not the case for retaining Luke Walton. Yep, since they did show improvement and they showed work ethic night in night out basically under Jaeger. Having said all that, uh yeah, I I agree I think that we are either seeing a early break between the franchise and its star player Darren Fox or we're going to see more Luke Walton cuz that this was a classic get out ahead of it press piece basically keep this guy or you're gonna have an unhappy star on your hands which brings me to another question isn't this the top of De'Aaron Fox's trade value right now I mean he's incredibly young he just had the best season of his career and he is somebody that the whole league thinks is going to continue improving and he's under long-term contract hot take hot take
0: hot take season is in effect
1: No, I I mean, obviously, it wouldn't be the top of his trade value if he turns into an all NBA first team player or something like that, which is totally possible. But it does seem like you could get great assets in a De'Aaron Fox trade right now. Well, yeah, I
0: mean, no question about it. And look, we have we have an interesting situation on our hands where obviously uh, Halliburton and Fox look like they could be great compliments, but Halliburton could also clearly be our primary ball handler going forward if if the right deal came along.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you had a separate kind of alpha scorer on the team, that primary ball handler and distributor role doesn't necessarily have to be your primary scorer also. We've seen a lot of teams that are successful with a good point guard that gives you you know 15 to 20 per night and another guy who gives you 25 to 30 per night. And that guy's name... Maybe Kate Cunningham, you know doesn't De'Aaron Fox <laughs> plus the number nine pick get you the number one pick plus some kind of veteran in return? I would think so. what gets you the number one
0: pick is winning the lottery, which we are going to do. Yeah, good point, good point. but beyond that, yeah, I mean look i i I, I think that it's highly both highly unlikely and probably not in our best interest to do that, but real talk I mean. We should be open to these kinds of possibilities. And I want to be clear, like this is not because Deere and Fox said that he wants to keep Luke Walton and so we should trade him. It just... No, it's because he got COVID. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh... No,
1: I just, I think it's, we've seen what it looks like when there is constant infighting and, you know, if Monty McNair thinks that Luke Walton can't be a successful coach in the NBA and the owner agrees to go out and get the best available coach regardless of the cost which we know is an issue for the Kings then it's pretty hard for me to say De'Aaron Fox is so clearly a guy that you build a championship team around that his feelings about the coach should supersede the GM whose job it is to hire and develop coaches and players. Totally agree and I also want to say this about De'Aaron Fox, who I love and will
0: continue to love. And I have a pair of De'Aaron Fox socks that are a beloved item of mine. Like, I'm a a very big fan of this guy, just to make that clear off the top. But the kind of cryptic, passive-aggressive tweet tendency that you highlighted earlier is a very bad portent for me, actually. I, I don't know exactly what that could become, but I don't see that developing into something that is a good sign as he gets more and more ta- like more powerful and gets more sort of uh, stature around the league. There, there is something about his online presence to me. It's, it's not like it rubs me the wrong way. It kind of it, it makes me think, oh, this guy is going to be sending uh, cryptic emoji tweets as a way to ask out of here inside of a few years like i i just i get that sense for sure
1: i mean whether or not he will do that we've seen it happen right like we know what snake emojis mean we watched the dissolution dissolution of the relationship between boogie and various coaches and gms and we have a history of holding on to guys for too long because we want to prove that we can overcome whatever hurdles are in the way of of us and breaking this curse that's on us and so you know whether it's making jason thompson your number one player in overall games played for the kings or keeping boogie for too long and having a better trade two days ago or you know even dating back to giving B and Weber giant contracts that they weren't able to make good on. Not that I think that that was the wrong move so much as it just shows you the danger of keeping players past what turns out to be their prime value. Diamond hands, baby, diamond hands, Dogecoin, to the moon, baby, to the moon. It'll never end. The good times will never end. <laughs> yeah, it is a moonshot anytime that you are trying to win a championship in Sacramento. So, sometimes, you know, the real moonshot is giving up something great to get something that is truly once in a lifetime.
0: Controversial, but I like it. Get the people
1: going. And De'Aaron Fox is a great player, but he's I don't think that right now he's on track to be an MVP candidate and that's who wins championships in the NBA. Mhm. Just by the way, it's, you know, there's only what four or five players in the NBA that can claim to be So good that they have been the best player on a championship team. So that's not something that you're getting from even seventy-five percent of the guys who are the best player on playoff teams. Totally. Real quickly before we head out of here, broader NBA news. Looks like both
0: the Lakers and the Celtics are going to end up in the play in tournament. Uh Lakers are one and a half back of Portland for the sixth seed. Seven is Lakers, eight Warriors,
1: nine Memphis, ten Spurs. Any thoughts on this? Uh, boy, what a fun, what a fun time. That's my thought. I I love the plan. I think that anybody who doesn't like it is a whiny baby. Agreed. And this is exactly why these things exist is because, or this thing should exist is because, you know, none of the teams that you just mentioned are going to win the championship. It doesn't matter if you are the seventh seed and you had a really good season. None of them are going to win it. Unless it's the Lakers, and if it's the Lakers, it's because they got healthy enough to win these games and go on a roll. And so if they can't beat out whatever bad team ends up at the number 10 seed in order to stay in the playoffs, then they don't really deserve to be there.
0: Yeah, it- it'll be fun to see a Lakers-Warriors, you know, do or die situation. I've been saying for a while, I mean, I, I am loath to put on record the fact that I am doubting the Lakers because then they'll just become a juggernaut overnight. They'll magically get healthy. Uh, but I, I just think that you're a 36, 37-year-old LeBron and Anthony Davis is a is a combination that is going to end in injury a lot of times, I think. And Davis is back and looking really good, but he's just always a risk. Schroeder's hurt. You know, I, I just think that this isn't the year for them knock on wood that's what i'm hoping at least and uh you know the warriors are really bad except that steph curry is having one of the greatest stretches of his year which of his career which has been so fun to watch but like yeah i agree with you none none of those teams are are going to win it i think knock on wood crossing my fingers spinning around three times yeah
1: yeah it's it's fun to watch some of the greatest players of all time compete for their lives in down seasons you know like Mm -hmm. it's not the play-in's fault that clay got hurt exactly that kevin durant decided to leave it's not the play-in's fault that anthony davis is injury prone so given the realities of the circumstances that lebron and steph find themselves in i think that the ideal outcome is watching them play for their lives in incredible single game moments
0: agreed Well, that is just about it for us today. As I said, Thursday at Memphis, Friday at Memphis, Sunday versus Utah, and that's the end of the season. Unfortunately, we are going to be gone for the rest of this week because unlike De'Aaron Fox, Duncan and I are both fully vaccinated and we are going on fucking vacation. (laughs) Not together. Ty's going somewhere much better than me. Yeah, I'm going to Hawaii because my wife uh was in quarantine for a year and worked basically that whole time non-stop without ever having to like stop going to work so she's like I'm going to fucking Hawaii and I was like I I I acquiesce oh my god that's so hard for me
1: cool wife cool life you know
0: it's we're not we're not complaining over here so uh we will be gone on Thursday we'll be back on Tuesday to kind of wrap up the regular season and you know transition us into the play in and into the playoffs and everything so uh Thank you, as always, for sticking with us. Shoot us an email at purpleandblackpill at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter at purpleblackpill. And we will see you next week. So long, friends. Peace.